Welcome to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast that's about a story that's about a town, and the town is under siege by evil and gentrification and uh, Mark Consuelos. Uh, tonight we're talking about Chapter 34, Judgment Night. My name is Chris Hayner. My name is Craig Byrne, and I am not the Black Hood. I don't believe you. My name is Russ Burlingame, and I'm pretty sure everybody's the Black Hood. That's the thing, you guys. Let's just let I say we start with that because I'm so fucking ready for this storyline to be over. Um, we found out who the Black Hood was, except there's another one. Because sure, why not make a third Black Hood? It's the story that keeps on giving. It never comes to an end. It's like the Watchmen movie. Oh boy. <laughs> Listen, Russ doesn't want to fight with me about Zack Snyder tonight. I understand. We're moving on. Um, but yeah, I, we spent a long time in the last, well, we missed one big thing in the last episode, but we spent a long time in the last episode, uh, talking about whether or not Hal was too big of a red herring to be the Black Hood because he was too big of a red herring to be the Black Hood. So and they naturally- even CG'd his eyes. Oh, God. Yeah. So naturally this week, of course, he's the Black Hood. Why not? Honestly, I'm okay with either way. I just want it to be resolved. I want it to be resolved, and I want Hiram to go away. Those are my wishes. You want Hiram to go away? Yeah, Hiram and the Mafia and all that need to go. So should, like, the new Black Hood the Third kill Hiram to end out the season? Sure. Like, do you want Hiram dead, or do you just want him to have to, like, move back to New York City or something? Well, he can go to jail, but he needs to go away. Well. Send him to the it? Sisters of Quiet Mercy or something. I don't know. Just that get him out. That would be very funny. <laughs> that would be kind uh, of. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, look, the the black out of it all, the howl of it all, it was watching him fall apart in that scene and Alice standing there just wildly confused by everything that was going on. <laughs> I thought I found really entertaining because it was like he was having a serious and horrible conversation with his daughter while his wife is just, just there not really yeah. picking up on the subtext of everything until yeah. he, she, until he's like, yeah, I'm the black hood. And then she started snarking at him about how useless yeah. he is. Which I, I thought was kind of funny. Oh my, that, first, that was, that was pure Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a super killer? Let me tell you how shitty you are at everything. But like, <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of beautiful. There's well, a really sad, really annoying observation that I have to make about that scene. When, when Hal makes Betty run down the litany of his crimes as the Black Hood, and she lists off all that shit, all the people he killed and all the stuff he did and blah, 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 she omits Chick, and he does not correct her. 
Ooh. Huh. So, I kind of feel like when you're on the let's go down my rap sheet uh, riff, mm-hmm. uh, the something that important he would have mentioned had it not. I, I think that this means Chick is still out there and alive. Unless the other Black Hood, a.k.a. Claudius, a.k.a. Clifford, killed him. Do we really think yeah, the other maybe. Black Hood is Claudius Clifford? That's my guess. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I Honestly, I kind of feel like at this point the other Black Hood has to be somebody who's working directly for Hiram. And I mean, since if, we it's, know, if it's not, what a letdown that entire thing is. Yeah, I mean, we've come to the point now where the the Black Hood, which was not Hal, per Hal's... And, like, Hal has no motivation to lie at this point because he was, like, recording a confession so that he could apparently murder-suicide his family. Yeah. Uh, and and so he has no motivation to lie about the fact that, that that was not him at the town hall, which means that somebody went and took a shot at the mayoral candidates dressed as the Black Hood, and it wasn't him. And then somebody went to Fred and Archie's house and took a shot at Fred, dressed as the Black Hood, and it wasn't Hal. And you're sitting here going, not only does Hiram have an interest in getting rid of Fred, but also he has repeatedly kind of taken glee in the discord that the Red Hood is sowing, or the Black Hood is sowing. Uh, so I think that... It, at this point, whoever is under the third Black Hood, if it isn't somebody working for Hiram or if it isn't Hiram himself, it just, I don't, it's going to be a letdown because I don't understand. That's a good point. Well, I mean, yeah, because especially this whole season has built up the, because next episode is the finale. Yes. Correct? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, this whole, and this whole season has been built around Hiram's quest for power and at a certain point it sort of shifted focus to Hermione's quest for power uh when they they had hints that she was kind of the brains of the cuz remember when that we first found out about agent fake name and they took yeah. Ar- Archie to the cross and they he thought that meant Hiram but it was Hermione and right it was sort of building up Hermione as the source of power that was like 3 seasons ago <laughs> I, I know it feels so <laughs> long ago but like you can't you can't keep building all of this up if the big reveal is that it has nothing to do with them. Yeah, I don't. And, and I mean, honestly, at this point, we haven't really seen anything in a while that indicates that Hermione actually has control of the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is she the the boss in name? But like, she's still I don't know. I don't understand. Like, because she can't be the boss in name because she's specifically the idea was that she was in charge and she was using Hiram as her fall guy or whatever. But she's then it doesn't make any boy. sense because yeah. Well, and again, that's the the parallel that I drew last year, and that's yeah. what I asked Marisol about at the time. And it's funny because when I asked Marisol about it at the end of season one, she was like, "Oh man, that would be cool." And then earlier this season, I saw her give an interview where by the time they finally revealed it, she was like, I don't understand how this works for my character. (laughs) (laughs) Never a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why they abandoned it because Marisol was like, what are we doing here? I don't get it. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping that there'll be some kind of coherent payoff to the whole Hiram, Hermione, Black Hood, mayoral race thing Mm -hmm. in the finale. 
but I'm not necessarily holding my breath. And I, want about, to be, I just want Fred Andrews to be mayor. That's all. What about the school election? I, I, you know, the funny thing is that while I would really love it if our students ever actually went to high school and weren't in the mob, <laughs> I, I just, no part of me cares even a little bit about the school election. That was like a storyline they picked up for two weeks and they haven't touched it again since. And I kind of, I, I at this point, I kind of assume that uh, Josie and Reggie will win their office just by virtue of the oh. fact that the other people they were running against just arbitrarily decided, like, meh, I'm going to go and do there, something else. And I do think there is a Josie and Reggie promotional photo for next week. Oh, nice. So there we go. Let's let's be real. It is hard to uh, run for class president when you're also running an illegal casino. It's true. Like you can only do so many things at one time when you're in high school. Cause like you also have to make time for like, like getting down with your boyfriend and like sneaking out of the house and like being a dick to your parents. You can't do everything. Yeah. Uh, going back to Black Hood for a second though, just because this is the first note I had. I'm very glad that they actually began the episode where last week left off because I really wasn't up for waiting 15 minutes to find out what happened with Cheryl. Even yes. though we did not mention what happened with Cheryl in last week's podcast. Yeah, but people who are listening to this after having watched the show remember. Cheryl was attacked by the Black Hood, kind of. And she, she, yeah. yeah. And then she became Katniss Everdeen. No, she became Thea Queen. No, she didn't. She did not. I wanted, I wanted them to start playing the arrow theme. I was like, the dun, 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 dun. No, that's the thing though. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the arrow theme, but they did have like staccato string music. And I was like, that, that feels like an arrow sting. Honest to God, if you go back and listen to the music. I'll have to listen uh, to it again. But I was like totally waiting for the arrow music. I was like. This it really is not says a lot about, it, it really what? says a lot about who we are in that you were like, Oh, it's Thea Queen from Arrow. I was like, she looks like either Katniss Everdeen or badass Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> I like, oh my god, failed this city. Honest to God, Speedy did not enter my mind a single time. No, she did mine the whole time. Speedy specifically didn't enter my mind. I thought Arrow just. You know, because it's a CW show, and also, like I said, I really felt like the staccato, the dut 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 music they had. It is like Neely. <clears throat> That's true. Same composure. So, um, but that was also and, clever because then they gave a reason for the Black Hood to be bleeding, and you noticed that he had that red spot on his shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's the thing is like it, with the two different Black Hoods. I feel like it was important that they dif- they had that opening scene because it it allowed you to be like, okay, the one who's bleeding is Hal, um, and. uh, How how did Hal get from the woods to the hospital back to his house? That confused me. He went to the hospital, got treatment, killed his doctor, and then went home. So probably... Oh, that was his doctor that he killed. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Because remember when the Black Hood called her on the phone, he was like... He was asking too many questions. And that's when Betty was like, what, so you, you don't have an ethical code anymore? You're just a murderer now? Good call. Um, uh, also, from that first five minutes of the episode, because holy shit, a lot of stuff happens in the first five, ten minutes of this episode. Um, like we thought last week, Reggie was framed. 
which I actually, I, I was, I was surprisingly okay with most of the like serpents and ghoulies and Reggie stuff. I kind of felt at the end of, by the end of last week that I was going to burn out on all the gang stuff. And I was like, Oh God, do we have to see Penny Peabody again? Uh, trust me. I still feel that way. I had absolutely no. I literally have three different places in my notes where I say I hate Penny with varying numbers of A's. <laughs> um, she can go away with Hiram. Yeah, well, whatever. She can just go away. I, I mean, honest to God, we've reached now the point where at the end of last season, I really didn't want to see FP go to jail. If If... We had to put FP in jail and do a John Wesley ship season in order to get rid of Penny. I'm down. I'm a hundred percent down. Well, the my pro the my 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 only real problem with the Penny story because I don't mind Penny so much, but like they come up with the most convoluted ways to bring her back. Like this mm-hmm. week was oh she's back and she brought that that awful gang from the Warriors with her. And they're doing what she says. Yeah, they're doing what she says, you know, because. And just accept it. Oh, yeah, they're gonna Tony. Come on. Like, that's so much. Yeah. Uh, And uh, also, quick question. Uh, I might be forgetting, so maybe you can remind me. What happened to all the adult serpents? I have no goddamn idea. Like, like did there Tall, are. Did Tallboy get kicked? I think Tallboy got. Yeah, Tallboy got kicked with her, so he might be with the Ghoulies now. I don't know because um, there, there there was a scene either in this episode or the last episode. I think it was the last episode in the Serpent Clubhouse, and in the like, White Worm, and 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 uh, the serpents are just like FP and a bunch of high schoolers. <laughs> yep. It. Which technically FP's not really a member anymore because he's on probation or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very much, it's like the serpents have become, uh, the, the mob. They're all just teenagers now. Uh, but. And then uh, you've got the dark circle, which is all teenagers. Yeah. Uh, let's not the talk about it. research is a lot of teenagers. Yeah. Um, and and see, my, I didn't take really coherent notes in terms of a story outline, so sometimes I'm going to have to make guesses as to what I'm talking about here. Um, okay. The next things that I have say fucking Andre and fucking Hiram in sequence, and so I'm guessing that this is dealing with the small fry of it all. Oh, when small fry came in the door? Yeah. Or through the door, um, I should say. Did, did, yeah. did I... Did I miss something? Did I thought we met Small Fry already, and he was tiny. No, that was a different. Um, I got Mob Kids mixed up from the last episode. So then, when Small Fry showed up in this one, I was like, "Wait, you're not Small Fry. What's going on here?" I, I had the same problem though. I thought that we had already met Small Fry, and whoever it was, he made no impression on me. And then, like this dude came in, and I'm just like, "That's not who I thought that was." Yeah, but. Also, big ups uh, to your ironic name, Small Fry, because you are large. Yeah, that dude, and I can't, I can't place that actor, and I, I didn't think to look him up, but that that 
he's another one of those dudes who I, I can distinctly remember seeing in some other, probably another CW show recently. Uh, and I'm like, I remember him so vividly, like the way he delivers lines, but I don't remember who he was delivering it to or anything like that, but I liked him. Uh, I'm disappointed that he got absolutely nothing to do in this episode and that the, the, the whole thing of bringing him in was basically pointless. Like, well, it was to make know, a killer man. out of Hermione. Yeah, but I mean, it feels like we just went to such absurd lengths to set up what happens with Hermione and uh, Veronica in this episode. It's like, do you mean to tell me that all of this stuff, all of the, you know, basically going all the way back to Papa Poutine, has <coughs> all been just to pay off oh. in a 40-second scene? So I just looked up Sm- the actor who plays Small Fry. Yeah. His name is Andre Tricoteau. Mm-hmm. He, he has a lot of CW credits. He yeah. was, he was in, evidently, in the Savitar costume in The Flash. Oh. He re- appeared this season on Supernatural as the character Magog. Hmm. He played Chief on iZombie. That's who I remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's was he ever on Smallville? He played Gora on an episode, a 2016 episode of Arrow. He played Boris on a 2016 episode of Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, wow, he's really, he's just done the trip. Uh, yeah. But did he do a Smallville? No. I, he's yeah. like 26 years old. I think he was probably not working yet when Smallville was still on the air. Uh, well, and uh, he also, he also, uh, does stunt, he's also uh, like a stunt person. And he is the stunt double for Colossus in Deadpool and Deadpool number two. Oh. Oh, you know what? I do remember that from when he was chief. I remember writing about that at the time. So yeah. Um, oh, and he played Leatherface on Psych. Oh, wow. I never And, he, uh, obviously and, never and he played Argyle on Once Upon a Time. Jesus Christ, this guy works a lot. <laughs> Evidently, yeah. there's a kindergarten cop too. He was in that. Uh, there is. He, I own it. He showed up on... Oh, he played War Chief number three on The Hundred. He played a Blood Farm Butcher on Van Helsing. He played the Mongol in Altered Carmen. Altered Carbon. This nice. dude works a lot. Good for, well, good, I'm, good for you, Andre. You are killing it. Oh, it's Andre, not Small Fry that you're no, talking about? Andre... T- no, Andre... T- 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 Andre is the name of the actor. Andre Trickett. Okay, sorry. I, I was thinking of Andre the... Dead guy now. No, he plays small fry, small fry Boucher. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my thing is, is I, I feel like, I feel like that the, the whole Papa Poutine small fry, it, it was just a really long way to go for a scene that played out in 40 seconds. It, uh, yeah. Also, I, I'm kind of amused by the fact that that 40 second scene was used in like every promotional everything for this episode. Um, like I really thought that this was going to be like a thing, kind of like the 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 camp episode where they were being like hunted or held captive for an extended period of time, instead of like literally being chased into the back room and then shooting a dude. Yeah, um, I I did like the bit where she's like, "Clean up your mess." No, I told I I did, and there's a lot of good character moments in this one. 
Um, I enjoyed this episode this, a lot, actually. I did too. Yeah, no, this, this episode me, I liked a lot. This, this episode did what the last episode did. Like, it, it, it wrangled up all these loose plot lines and started bringing them together. So it felt mm-hmm. like a cohesive story as opposed to like, well, they're over here and they're over here and those people are over there yeah. and someone else is off doing this other thing entirely. Yeah. You know, and um, Hermione's, Hermione's thing about how she wants to like take charge during the crisis so that she can try to prove to everybody that she would be a great mayor. Uh, it, it nicely brings her into the sphere of all the rioting and all the other stuff that's happening in town even though she and uh, Veronica have their own subplot going on that's outside of all that and not related. Now, I know you started to go there, but I don't think we brought it up on the show about how it was Midge's mom who shot Fangs Fogarty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which was... Sorry. It's, it's simultaneously... Uh, it's simultaneously a totally reasonable explanation for everything that happened and also a really kind of disappointing reveal. Uh, I mean, first of all, because I kind of feel like the, the clump family in general have been screwed by everyone at this point. Uh, or no, no, no. The, the, no, the you're thinking of the mugs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I used yeah. to, I used to confuse uh, Midge and Big Ethel all the time as a kid. So yeah. Um, yeah. But, but it's still like. <laughs> well, I I'm used to the character from the comics. That's why I said you Big Ethel. Then I realized. And then I realized what I said. I'm like, no, I'm I'm talking about the comic book character Big Ethel. There we go. Her name is still Ethel, Craig. But in the comics, isn't she like seven feet tall? And so that's that's it's not like a weight thing. Shannon Purser's not seven feet tall, Craig. Stop being so mad at her for not being tall enough. That was Russ. Russ? <laughs> White people. They all sound alike. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, no, I like I said, I thought that was a, a totally like that was a solid reveal. I mean, certainly you could e- you could just as easily have not like I wonder if they're gonna do something with Midge's mom, because you could just as easily have had that be the fake black hood or a cop or an, literally anybody who See, was there. I figured that that's exactly why they did it because she's a disposable character. Now that Midge is gone, we have no reason to see her mother on the show. Yeah, which I don't think that we've ever seen her mom before, have we? No, oh, we no, saw her last week because like, yeah. I commented that she looked like she was 25 years old. Yeah, and she slept, uh, she slept Keller. Keller did something useful this week. Yeah, I mean, oh my that's, god, it that's was the so funny good thing. to see good things happen for Keller. Oh, I know. Well, and Fred too, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, the, the Greg. Although it was kind of disturbing that um, Kevin referred to them all as like the hot dads when one of the dads was his own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, again, the hot dads of the hot dads of Riverdale. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, though, I kind of feel like that's just that's a matter of the show loving to refer to its own hashtags. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I did dig the fact that, and again, kind of going back to what Hermione said about wanting to take charge in time of crisis. And then she got locked into her house by a, a homicidal lunatic. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Keller and Fred and yeah. FP save the day. Yeah, exactly. 
Although, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure if Fred becomes mayor again, I think he'll make Keller the sheriff again. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Because the my understanding, I don't know. I, I vaguely remember that being a thing that was said outright. That, like... Even if Keller, Keller is an awful sheriff, I think he means well now. Well, I mean, the fact that the other dude is literally on the payroll of the mob is is kind of that thing of, like, okay, even if Keller's not ideal, he's not literally part of the mafia. Yeah, although that does put into play, is all this going to be resolved in one more episode? God, Next I mean, week. who knows, because... We had the same, I mean, we had the same thing last year where we, I remember us having it on the podcast being like, there's no way they can possibly resolve all of this next week. And for the most part, they did. And then they, they left us with kind of a new box I, of mysteries to open. I just, I really don't want mafia crap next year. No, I really, really don't. Uh, there's a, th- one thing that, that I really did kind of, I, I, I am done with the whole rumble in the school. Like, I, I don't need to see the serpents and the football team fight ever again. Like, we've done this like nine times at this point. Yeah. Uh, that said, I thought that the one, that the way that they shot the kind of like mini riot in the school mm-hmm. worked for me pretty well. Not least of all because I liked the shot of like the, the beginning of the thing where they, they throw the whatever through the trophy case. I felt like somehow in that moment, having Jason Blossom in the frame mm-hmm. felt right. I didn't even notice that. Well, it's because he's front and center in the trophy case still. True. Because it's the same school year. Uh, and so, so when they... So weird. Yeah. I know, it feels like Jason Blossom was killed like six years ago. But yeah, when they threw the whatever it was through the, the thing... In the middle of that frame is Jason Blossom, and I'm just like, you know, considering that they made such a big deal in the first season about Jason's death being the moment that kind of everything started to go wrong, having the city at what I can only assume has to be its low point, because otherwise this show becomes the hundred. <laughs> uh, and and so having the, the the city at what I assume is its low point, having Jason in the shot. At that moment, for me, it was like that's a that's a nice little bit. I like that. So, do you mean the hundred, the show, or the hundred, the gang on Black Lightning? Uh, pick just either <laughs> way would work. Fair. Um, also, I loved Weatherby coming in and just like being like, "What are you doing?" He, he felt like the principal from Back to the Future Two in the dystopian future. Get back here, you slacker! Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like any time Weatherby gets to actually do something, so I was good for yeah. that. There's a lot of characters like that. There's a lot of characters where it's like, you know, anytime they get to do anything except for look at the camera and flare their nostrils, you know it's going to be good because they hardly ever get to. We still haven't met Miss Beasley, the cafeteria lady, though. That disappoints me. True. Maybe uh, she's the Black Hood. Yeah. No. So... Uh, moving right along, at the post murder thing at the at the uh, the lodge household. I don't know how much 
moral authority Veronica has to be upset that her father stole her ransom money. Huh. Like, it's just such an odd scene where she's like, how dare you? What right do you have? And it's like, well, it was like, what did you think you were going to do? Have a million dollars in cash sitting around the house? Like, did you think you were going to open a casino with that million dollars? But yeah, just one of those wacky, like, you're just like, oh, oh, okay, that's a thing. And then, uh, I had a note too, because we all took pictures at Hiram's desk this year during the set visit. And I'm like, man, now I really wish I'd opened the desk drawers. <laughs> Wait, is that the same episode uh, where she found the October surprise? Yes. I thought that was like last week, but I liked that. That was good. Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes sense because one of the things they did not deal with here, and I guess it might just be because Hiram isn't at the point where he'll admit it openly. Like, one of the things that was pretty clear at the end of last season, beginning of this season, and that seems to have fallen off the radar, is that he blames Hermione for getting into a thing while he was gone just as much as he blames Fred. And so, like, the fact that Veronica was surprised and outraged that he would torch his wife in order to hurt his political opponent. I'm just like, where have you been for the last year? Because at, at, at no point did I ever think for a minute that, like, I don't think that he would physically harm her, but I think that literally anything else is totally fair game if it's going to get him what he wants. Yeah. Um. I mean, Sorry, hold you. on. Um, sure. Can you hear me? Yeah. I'm getting... I'm having audio issues. Ah. That's why I went super quiet. Sorry about that. That's all right. I was monologuing, so I just assumed you were giving me space. <laughs> oh, that by, all, by, by all means, because I have no idea what you said, because <laughs> I only heard every night. Uh, we were talking about how it's, it wasn't surprising at all that Hiram uh, did his October surprise, and we did. I didn't understand why... Veronica was acting surprised by his willingness to burn Hermione to get his way. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me either. Hiram is a scumbag who, like, has proven himself to be a scumbag who looks out for himself first and foremost, time and time again, even at the expense of, say, a really dumb teenage boy who yeah. he talks into doing horrible things for just for the love of his daughter. Like Hiram's a bad guy who as much as Hermione has shown that she's got the evil mafia thing going on as well. Hermione, I feel like still never looked past loving her daughter and caring about her daughter. I've never gotten that vibe from Hiram. I've always gotten a possessive vibe and a, everyone is here to service my end game. Yeah. Sort of vibe. No, absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me that he would have a backup plan to totally burn his wife. It wouldn't surprise me he has a backup plan to burn everyone in that town. Yeah, I mean, I don't think for a minute that you can't put Archie in the position that he's been consistently putting him in all season and not think that by doing that you are putting, you aren't putting Veronica's life at risk all the time. Absolutely. As soon as the mafia families think that Archie's your fucking capo, it's like, wait, your your daughter is dating the guy who everybody tries to kidnap and murder on a weekly basis. 
Who the Black Hood buried alive. Yeah. <laughs> like three seasons ago. Although, I guess technically, oh, yeah. I, weren't they on a break when that happened? But, but uh, yeah, they were on a roughly like 25 minute break. Yeah, exactly. Long enough for him to kiss Betty. There's enough time to kiss another girl and get kidnapped. <laughs> Which in Riverdale is about a half an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing about Hiram is. I view him to be as dumb <laughs> as Archie because he he legitimately made a like a dumb teenager his capo. Yeah, oh yeah. Like that's that's I don't understand. I mean, if he was maybe trying to set Archie up as a fall guy, should things get bad enough? But like, yeah, he's made so many questionable decisions. And he's so selfish in making all these decisions that him, like, him sort of setting up his wife to take her out doesn't surprise me the tiniest bit. No. But beyond that, it shouldn't surprise any of them, which sucks because if we think back to season one, Hermione was so protective of just the idea of Hiram. Yeah. She like every, every she and she was the like your father's going to come back and everything's going to be great. Like I don't know that she continued to have trust in him throughout this season, but she clearly had a trust in him last year and it was 100% unfounded. Yeah, oh yeah. And it's funny dead. because they played with the idea of putting her together with Fred and then like being with Fred made her doubt her commitment to, to Hiram. And then all of that just got abandoned as soon as they decided it might be fun to make her the mob boss for a minute. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't know what you do with Hermione once Hiram is gone anymore. Because she's she's shown that she doesn't really have any kind of will or motivation of her own. Everything she does is to further Hiram's endgame. And she's clearly too much of a scumbag to, like, put her back together with Fred because her husband's gone. Uh, Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see, because I don't think that they'll kill her. I don't think they'll arrest her uh, unless she's a fall guy and it's like we we get rid of her and keep Hiram, which would drive me crazy. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't think they're going to arrest her. Um... Yeah. But I just don't know. If, what... if only because like Veronica needs a parent, right? Exactly, exactly. But I just don't know what they will do with her if Hiram is gone, and that kind of concerns me because it makes me think maybe they'll get rid of her and keep Hiram, and that would really annoy me because Hiram just—I need a break from Hiram. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also need a break from Hiram. I need a break. I need a break from there. I love this show, but there are so many elements have been introduced this season that have just made me want to have time off. Which I yeah. guess it's a, I guess it's a good thing that we're at the finale. Yeah. Because we can kind of get that, but it's just there's so much going on yeah. and some of it lands. Um I think I think with the way they've they addressed the black hood in this episode with Hal as unpredictably predictable as it turned out to be. Yeah. 
like I, I I appreciated the fact that they sort of reach back into Cooper family history, and yeah. they and I, I I appreciate that they reach back and referenced uh the 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 killing in the family from way back in the day when they were still yeah. uh, uh blossoms. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I like that I like that they drew those lines, and so I I, I was into how they wrapped that whole thing up. But as much as that might have worked in the end, it didn't for a lot of the season. Yeah. And on the same, you know, on the same page, the mafia stuff for me hasn't worked at all. No. And see, I I think you hit something on the head just now, though, is as the season wraps up, I feel like we're starting to get episodes that feel more kind of like peak season one. Yes. Yes. I feel like they had a lot of things where it's like, we have a good setup, we have a good payoff, but we now have 22 episodes to keep that ball in the air. And in a lot of cases, it just didn't work. Yeah, um, abs- absolutely. Um, but yeah, well, I think, I think the weird thing is they've got, they've, there's been some things that have throughout the season not worked, but meanwhile, there have been, um, there have been other things that, like, I feel like the show sort of stumbled upon that worked really well. Like, I think the Cheryl and Tony stuff was the happiest accident the show could possibly have. Yeah. And it yeah. worked out in such a stellar way that, like, they were able to lean into that and really make something of it that will hopefully become a much more, a much bigger piece of the puzzle next season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but for every, but for every happy accident that has led to cool things, like we got some really good FP and Alice moments this season that didn't really amount to anything. So it's, it's, it's the whole thing is very, very scattershot. Yeah. And when it works, it works so good, but when it doesn't work, it is way too obvious. Yeah. Speaking of scattershot, by the way, just cause this is a note that I have, Archie's pretty lucky that none of the ghoulies carry guns. Uh-huh. It's like it's he, not. he's standing up there just going like, I'm going to throw a Molotov cocktail at you. I'm glad that nobody's going to retaliate for the next 40 seconds while I stand up here and figure out how to do it. Archie. Archie. <sighs> Archie. Uh, I, he, I, I will say, though, I actually liked most of what was going on with Archie in this episode. I liked the idea that obviously he has finally figured out that there is no version of working with Hiram that is sane. Exactly. Yes. And it's good to, it's good to see Archie finally wise up. Right. Well, and I also really, I, I really taken advantage. Exactly. But I also really liked the, the Reggie part of it. Like I, I liked the fact that, He, and again, we talked about this a little bit with Jughead at the beginning of the season, how, like, you just want to see these guys, like, not be assholes for a minute. And so I really liked the fact that so much of this episode was, like, Archie going, I know this guy's not guilty. I'm not going to let him get lynched and trying to save uh, Reggie. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a a cool, like, if you're going to have essentially a riot episode, uh, I, that's, that's kind of my platonic ideal of what Archie would be doing during a riot is trying to help, 
protect somebody who didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and so that part really worked for me. Uh, and like I said, that whole subplot kind of worked cause also that was where we came with the Fred and the Fred and, uh, and Keller of it all. Uh, I, I, I'm amused by the fact that Keller was allowed to keep the, uh, sheriff's cruiser after yeah. having turned in his badge, but whatever. Uh, I was it, fine with it. Yeah. There's oh yeah. I'm graffiti on it. It, well, that's the thing. Is like I, I, I'm, I was totally fine with it. I was just amused by it. It was literally the kind of thing where I, I made a comment to myself and I put a comment in my notes that was like, "Wait, he got to keep the car?" And then they addressed it in dialogue, and I was like, "Okay, well done, you." <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna want a really good payoff for another Black Hood and another whatever. But again, I, I kind of feel like it, make, it it makes a lot of sense to have this extra Black Hood be somebody who's somehow directly tied to the mob stuff and to Hiram because it's the only way to really tie your season's big bad, which is Hiram, into your season's most kind of menacing and compelling storyline, which is the Black Hood stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it it bums me out that this that this is what the through line of the season has been. Yeah. This this mystery that like I feel like I can't obviously can't speak for all fans of the show, but me as a fan, I sort of lost steam with it halfway through the season. Yeah, I mean the problem is they. <sighs> I the think time they, they... I think for me part of the problem is. They they quote unquote solved it into the mid season finale and then shied away from it for so long and then brought it back like yeah. we we're away from we we're away from the Black Hood long enough like I feel like we all knew it was going to come back but we were away from it for so long that by the time it came back you're like this feels like years ago why are we doing this yeah. now yeah exactly uh, and I actually I I almost would have preferred and again like it's it's I always hate criticism that's like, this is how I would have written it. But like, just as a thought experiment, uh, I, I feel like this could have been a fun finale reveal. Is like, deal with the other million stories that you've got going on right now. And then yeah. at the end of the finale, like, what the fuck, the Black Hood's back? Uh, and I mean, it would yeah. have felt potentially even more labored carrying it over into season three. But I do think that they waited too long to bring it back and then they brought it back just so they could have a flurry of activity for three weeks. And it's like, it doesn't, it feels like they couldn't find a balance of how, like how much they wanted to do and when they wanted to do it. Right. Yeah. I, that pretty much sums up my feelings on the entire blackhead situation. Yeah. I, uh, it's interesting. This is such a big cast, and it's so overstuffed with plot threads. Everybody's got, like, three things going on that I really, like... I, I typically am not the guy who's like, oh, I want to see these characters die. But I'm just, like, I, I'm, like, I'm sitting here going, I don't ever need to see Penny or Chick again. I don't need to see Hiram again anytime real soon. Like, this season really just, you expanded the world and you expanded the cast and you introduced all these new concepts. And all it really did was underscore the fact that you already had a huge and fairly well-realized world 
and now it's just too crowded, and a lot of the stuff that you brought in doesn't hold up against the stuff from season one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, um, we've talked a lot about the Black Hood. I wanted to jump real quick to sort of Jughead's arc in the episode uh-huh. because... He did something, I, I, to, to me, something really interesting and, uh, uh, textbook Jughead. Mm-hmm. The club, essentially, the, the club, the, the serp essentially kind of, they kind of told him to fuck off. Yeah. And his immediate response was, I'm going to sacrifice myself for this club. Yeah. And that is, that is peak Jughead, uh, volunteering to be the victim which is some I don't know that we got that a lot in the first season but I feel like we've gotten it a lot this season uh yeah. between writing his exposé and putting himself on a hunger strike now he it's like it just feels like it's happened a few times where Jug has decided clearly the only way the only way to solve the situation is to sacrifice myself yeah and I feel like that's a vent, like, I, clearly it came back to bite him in this episode, because sacrificing himself led to, like, him getting the shit kicked out of him, and his tattoo cut off his arm. But that was also a situation where, I mean, yes, the Ghoulies and Penny are quote-unquote villains, but, like, Jughead carved her tattoo off of her arm. So can you really can you really hold it against her for doing the same to him? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, which I mean that fundamentally I think that's a problem with the with the the writing or the season or the something. I I I think you're objectively totally right. I cannot fault her for wanting to exact her literal pound of flesh for him having done the exact same thing to her. That said, uh, the fact that we're making like, the fact that we can make a statement about that, we're talking about fucking Jughead Jones. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like maybe the the original decision to have him like carve up some lady was maybe a poor decision in the beginning. I would agree. Yeah, and so it's tough because on the one hand, you're exactly right. Like, there's really like you understand where Penny's coming from. On the other hand, Penny's awful, and I hate her. And the fact that they've basically successfully made us argue that Jughead is on the same level as she is makes me want to slap people. (laughs) Fair. I'm just saying, like, this was a season where Jughead did a lot of dumb things and fixed them by playing the victim. Yeah. Well, we talked a lot in the early part of the season about how dumb it was for him to be ingraining himself so deeply with the serpents. Like the whole first season was about him rejecting <clears throat> the worst parts of his father. And then he and quickly trying... embraced it. Exactly. And, and so to me, uh, I'm not at all like, I'm kind of glad that we saw payoff to that mm-hmm. in this episode, because I do like, I feel like that hasn't happened with Archie. Like, all of Archie's terrible decisions are still just kind of Archie's terrible decisions. And it doesn't feel like there's any consequences for them yet. Whereas with Jug, if we're going to make him do 
terrible, stupid things, at least this episode showed, like, you know what? There's an arc to his terrible, stupid things, and he's got a lesson that he learned. He definitely learned a lesson. Uh, did he, though? Uh, Let's see how long it takes yeah. for him to wake up next week. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling they're I not. I, I, I have a feeling Jughead's going to be the same. Like, Well, yeah. I love Jughead as a character. I would have fucking hated him in high school. Yeah. Uh, he's the kid who, he's the kid who always has a cause, even when everybody else is like, this isn't a cause, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's the kid who ruined everybody in Southside getting their houses paid off. Yeah. Oh, and that was after he offended, like, old people. The Native American chief? Yeah. Oh, yeah. After he wrote his expose that sold out the Native American chief. And he's like, well, the only way to fix this is for me to not eat cheeseburgers for a week. <laughs> that'll, that, that'll show me. Oh, boy. Uh, but, but again, yeah, it was, all of this is... all, the, all that said, like, it was, I think it was, as much as we are probably ready to be done with Penny, um, which I, I don't disagree with. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know, that's not a function of the woman playing her or the character itself, just the way it's been sort of portrayed in the story. It's, she's just, she's a nuisance. She's just a nuisance that takes up time. Yeah. Um, She's a part, she's been a part of a bunch of story threads that I really disliked, and she has not been a part of any story thread that I particularly enjoyed. And, at the end of the day, that just means I'm exhausted whenever she showed, like, she showed up in this episode, and I'm just like, oh, goddamn course it's her. Of course. <laughs> well, and now, and now her, her latest doings is turning Jughead into Riverdale's Jesus. He died yeah. for the serpent's sins. Yeah. Because that, 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 was, that, after. that, that, honestly, that was the vibe I got as the episode was as the episode was ending and FP carried like a bloody broken jughead with his arm carved up. Yeah. Uh, like carried walked up with him. I was like, oh, they're making Jughead into this town's version of Jesus. He so literally here's, here's sacrificed himself for the sins of his club. Here's the thing though, if you remember, it's not the sins of his club. It's fucking Archie. It's, is it Archie or it's this but it's Archie, also the sin Sins of Jughead. I mean, yes, but at the same time, Archie is the one who sabotaged the road race. Archie's the one that got all the ghoulies arrested. Uh, and it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm looking at that and going like, he's ostensibly like offering himself up to protect the ser- the serpents, but really, like. The ghoulies are mad at the north side as much as anything else because it was it was Archie and Sheriff Keller who actually wronged them. Mm. And I think that that doesn't fit the narrative of what they're trying to do with Jughead, so I imagine that'll be ignored. But it, it kind of continues to speak to the fact that I feel like Archie's bad decisions don't actually come with any consequences. I think you're, yeah. 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 I think you're right. 
Sorry, Arch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what I mean. I gotta be really interested to see whether Hal survives next episode. I kind of think the other Black Hood is gonna break into the jail and kill him. I I want so badly for one person to go on trial for their crimes on this fucking show. <laughs> one person. Right? One person to have to actually get punished in a court of law. And then they can hire attorney McCoy. Hey, yeah. there you go. And she that's how she'll oh, be her daughter and her daughter's pussycats. There was something on the flash today. Somebody referred to somebody by a job title. Oh, like no. That. I was like, A, that's not how people talk, and B, that's that's the attorney McCoy thing. Uh, and I can't, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, somebody "Hello, annoyance wells." And it was just like, "Wait, no, that's that's not a thing." And and I pointed it out to somebody, and I was like, "It's like on Riverdale when they say Attorney McCoy." And whoever I was talking to was like, "Right? What is that?" <laughs> oh, Attorney McCoy. When are Josie? Uh, when are the Pussycats coming back, you guys? I don't know. I mean, I assumed all season long that they were going to show up in the finale, but it kind of doesn't look like we're going to have a big celebratory finale. It kind of looks like the finale is going to be something that's just bedlam and awful, and I don't know that there's room for a musical number in there. But, like, why can't we just put them in the background somewhere? Just, I want to know that they're still alive. I want to know that they didn't get Thanos snapped out of existence. Spoiler. <laughs> I don't care. If you haven't seen it by now, it's not my problem. I want to know why no, like, Iron Fist hasn't disappeared into nothing yet. How do you know he hasn't? Well, we know the Inhumans did. <laughs> Thanos did well, us a favor. The, here's the thing, honestly, uh, without getting off on too much of a tangent. Everybody's like, oh, are the, how are the Marvel movies gonna do, or how are the Marvel TV shows gonna deal with this? I'm like, they, they don't, they don't have to. It's a, no. it's a cliffhanger, guys. The next movie's gonna take place 15 seconds after this one. So, there's really no indication that this is going to play out over the course of more than two or three weeks. And if they were of- smart though, if they actually worked the TV and movie sides together, they could end the entire Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series or the season with half the team getting blown away. The thing is, that wouldn't be smart. No. I mean... The, mo- the it- movie should continue to stay as far away from the shows as humanly possible because they look different and they're produced in a diff- very different quality, so it would make no sense. I was having this discussion as I was watching, uh, let's say, an unnamed upcoming second season of a Netflix Marvel show uh, where I was like... it. I know they're supposed to exist in the same thing, but they don't look like the same world at all. So I just don't pretend that they are. Just get over it. It's fine. Yeah, I... We're going to be having these same conversations about Archie and Sabrina next year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, probably. Although they're they're both both Roberto, so maybe they'll look alike. Yeah, the other thing is... There's always the outside chance, and I don't think they will do this, but there's always the outside chance that Sabrina goes with the thing from the comics where it's set in the 1960s. Uh, and that, that would means be we get young Dana Blossom. Exactly, exactly. That that would be kind of the ideal for me because you could play with 
some of the ideas of like, oh, there's Hal's dad, the crazy, the crazy murderer guy. And like, oh, there's Nana Blossom back when she was young and hot and, you know, Netflix friendly. But like, <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about the whole crossover question because would they, would they still just... call her Nana. <laughs> yeah. Please. No, well, it's like I, Nana Visitor. I feel like Nana has actually, like, her name has been on screen. Or not on screen, but I feel like her name has been mentioned at some point. So I feel like you could easily just... Yeah, like, Rose. You know. Is it Nana Rose well, Blossom? Well, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think it's Rosemarie Blossom, actually, for some reason. But anyway. See, <laughs> uh, we turned it around to being Matt Riverdale. There you go. I don't think that they will actually make it in the 60s because I think that they want the option of kind of all the stuff that comes with doing something more modern. But it would be, it would be a way to kind of avoid that whole conversation being a constant distraction. And it would have verisimilitude to the comic that they named the show after. Remember so when see. Sabrina did a spell that gave Reggie a new face and a New York accent? <laughs> Zing. But, the uh, secrets of Riverdale revealed. And she made the pussycats disappear. Uh, Me too. Sadness. I would like to see the pussycats again, but I don't think we're going to see them next week. No, I don't think so either. I, th- I feel like there's just a lot to service. And like I said, last year there was so much going on, but there was also the like baked-in idea of the the concert. Yeah. And here we don't have that. Here we're like in the middle of like I can't think of a scenario un- unless we like resolve all the stuff with 10 minutes left and then jump to 2 weeks later and have like a thank god we're all alive party or something. Have a um, what party? Thank god we're all alive. Except oh, for me. Celebrate good times. Come on everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh but no, I, I, uh, oh, a thing that I wanted to mention because we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show and I thought they were going to do it this week and it pissed me off. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said that I thought that there was a chance they might actually kill Fred for real at the end of the season because. Oh yeah. Create the, kind of, the narrative bookends of him getting shot. Oh, he got shot again, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He got shot again. I and I, I, just now for a minute. For a minute, I thought they were really going to kill him. And then I was like, oh, thank God they didn't do that because that would have really annoyed me. Uh, yeah. And, and I I feel like he's safe now simply because I'm like, I don't know that you can get away with sh- like killing him twice in two episodes and having anybody. It wouldn't have the same emotional heft next time as it did for like 15 seconds before he pulled the shirt open this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, I believe you are correct. Do we think anybody's going to die next week other than Black Hood or Black Hoods? I think that there will be a reckoning next week. I don't I don't know how many actual named characters would be in any kind of real danger. I could see Hal, the other Black Hood, Hiram, or Hermione, or some combination of those four. Uh, getting killed and or arrested and or run out of town. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it will be all of them. And like you said earlier, Chris, at the end of the, at the end of the day, 
Veronica has to have a parent left. So right. if Hiram is gone, Hermione stays, and vice versa. Or they both <clears throat> die, and Veronica moves in with Cheryl, and we get a wacky new sitcom. Boom. <laughs> no, because Tony uh, needs to move in with Cheryl when she gets emancipated. No, Tony is going to be the wacky next-door neighbor on the wacky sitcom, you see. No, she's I, the girlfriend. If... If something happened to both of the Lodges, I feel like they would just move Veronica in with the Coopers because now we know that they have at least two extra beds. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the funny things that uh, Tierra said when I talked to her tonight. Tierra Scavi. Oh, I don't know how to say her name. Yeah. Uh, Polly. I actually asked her if it was hard to jump from doing Riverdale to doing Once Upon a Time this season and going back and forth. And she said, it, she's like, well, it actually helped that when I was doing Riverdale, I had the twins. Huh. You know, so that was Thank like you. a visual cue that it was a fun answer. She yeah. is super nice. I really Wait, liked her. She's on, she's on Once Upon a Time? Yes, she was on the yeah. most of the season as the daughter of Robin Hood and Zelina. Selena the singer? No, Zelina, the Wicked Witch of the West. What's Once Upon a Time? It's an ABC show about fairy tales come to life. Is it, though? It is. At least for another ten days. And then it's it's an imaginary story, Chris, aren't they all? I'm just, I'm just being a dick. I'm sorry, Craig. It's a story about a town. It's a story <laughs> of a lovely lady. Um, no, yes. I, I, I honestly was not aware that she was on that show. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad she's, I'm glad she is, get, she has work because and she, also, I, I find her entertaining on Riverdale and she's only ever around to be like, this is crazy. I'm going back to my cult. And yeah. her and uh, Lily do look a lot alike in person. Yeah. The women of the Cooper family look like they could be a family, which I think is kind yeah. of fun. Well, I, I always thought it was crazy that Machen and Lily have the same tattoo. Yeah. I mean, crazy in a good way, you know. Sure. Um, I, but also, Machen is amazing. I just want to say it again. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be uh, awesome if you're descended from Machen. Do true. you? Do you? I don't know. I mean, her daughter in Twin Peaks was kind of messed up. Right? I never got Drugs. that far. Drugs, man. It's a, it's, it was Amanda Seyfried. Oh. Yeah. See, that proves that Chick wasn't her child because she only produces good-looking children. There you go. Fair point. If, I mean, we don't but, need to prove it. It was already proven. Sorry, Hart didn't. He admitted it. No, you know, ultimately, uh, I'm kind of glad that Hal ended up being at least a Black Hood, because he was never quite right in the head in this entire series. So it's kind of like a nice I reward. Just, like, I feel like they just didn't know what they wanted to do with him. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think he was the original Black Hood. Like, I, I just genuinely, I feel like that's a thing that came on halfway through the season when they were just like. Okay, so we're going to spin this out for another couple of episodes, and who's it going to be? Well, everybody thinks it's Hal anyway, and we don't know what the hell we're doing with him, so there we go. Done. They don't know what the hell to do with him? 
Oh boy. <laughs> so I mean, again, I could I could 100% be wrong. Obviously, these writers do have the capacity to do a lot of long-term planning. I mean, you look at kind of how the puzzle of last season fell together. Yeah. But it just it feels very much like this was a this was an afterthought to make him the second Black Hood because it feels like you know we never really got the sen- like I never got the sense that he was actually like violent or e- like evil evil I just thought he was kind of a shitty husband. Uh, the thing but- is though that like when they did the Svensson thing at mid season, it felt very mm-hmm. anticlimactic. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And so I think they needed to make it a character that people know and were familiar with. And that really limits it because you're not going to make it Fred because Fred got shot by the Black Hood. He doesn't look like Hiram. Um, Mm. I mean, it could be Sheriff Keller, but who cares? You know what I mean? I think Hal was probably the best choice. No, I I totally agree. I mean, there, there are things they could have done. Obviously, they could have made it one of the serpents, and then they could have just spent like fifteen more seconds developing that character to make it, you know. But yeah, but then it would have been as lame as the Svensson reveal. Like part of why, know. like I mean, who killed Jason Blossom, worked for the most part was that it was a character we had been seeing all season. I don't yeah. think, I mean, I don't think Clifford was as big of a deal as if it had been, say, Hal last year. But still, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, I agree on all fronts. I agree that this was a good decision. Um, I'm, I'm just not 100% sure that it was the original plan. Oh, yeah. But I do like, I, I, I like it. Um, I, I feel a little bit bad for, uh, Lachlan Monroe because he seems like a nice guy. He's a good actor. Uh, and again, this character was just like, he was a jackass and he would just disappear for eight episodes at a time. And it just didn't seem like anybody ever really had a sense for what he was all about. Yeah. He, yeah. It, it, the way how Cooper has sort of played this year leaves me thinking he wasn't the original plan. For the Black mm-hmm. Hood, because it seems like he's been very hot and cold and all over the place all season, as if they were just kind yeah. of spinning their wheels until they figured out what he was going to do. And it could yeah. it could very well be that like this was always the plan, but if this was right. always the plan, they it at the very least it feels like they weren't sure how they were going to approach it. Yeah. And it's they wouldn't because- have had CG green eyes, they probably would have just used his Eye color, whatever it is. Right. It's funny because they also, like, one of the things that I was listening to one of our other episodes from a couple of weeks ago, and, like, I, at that time, when he came home and he makes good with Alice, and they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna try again because the serpent dude I slept with didn't call me the next day. Uh, it, it was, I, I just remember having this conversation and being like, well, he's dead now. Because, if it, after everything that they'd done with Hal, if they just brought him home and made him like a good guy and a good husband, it would have been just setting him up to die so that it was more impactful to Betty and Alice. Right. Well, uh, that was the other thing I was going to bring up though, is with the green eyes. Did you notice the green eyes were in like the previously on at the start of the episode? 
Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, that was obvious. Yeah, and again, it's it's. I'm gonna be happy when next week is over and the Black Hood thing has found its ending. I am not as burned out on the Black Hood stuff as I am on some of the other elements, but like, really, guys, twenty three episodes or whatever it's been was too long to like tease this out for. Yeah. Well, uh, Russ, are you doing the upfronts next week? Yes. If you get anybody from Riverdale, find out if they're doing 22 episodes again. I mean, they probably are, but see if anybody will talk. Russ, I will actually counter that and say, if you get anybody, just tell them not to. (laughs) Tell them to cap it at 12 and let me have my sanity. Russ, let me remind you that I liked Watchmen. Russ, Watchmen... Russ, like like I, fucking Riverdale season two, Watchmen was very long. Here's here's my thing. I suspect that we'll get an answer for that at the oh, presentation, and that I I won't need to answer. Or you know what? Because, We're at the Pedowitz call in the morning, right? Oh, exactly. which right. I haven't gotten the email for yet. I should find out about that. Never mind. Yeah. Maybe there isn't one yet. I just got Fox, and that's it. I got the numbers, so uh, you you should be able to call to reach out to CW and get the information. Okay, cool. Uh, what were you gonna say, Chris? I don't remember, man. Uh, but yeah, my guess is uh, because of how many shows they're picking up, my guess is that they're when they do the schedule, it's gonna be like. Here are the weeks that we have Riverdale, Supergirl, and Legends, and here are the weeks that we have uh, Black Lightning and something else. Uh, but we'll see. All right, well, why don't we wrap up? Because I feel like we're all kind of running on fumes at this point. Yeah. It's uh, true. It's when- very true. So, Chris. What's yeah. up? Tell everybody about Waterworld photos, Chris. All right, listen, guy. I'm not a one-trick pony. And how awesome your game st- GameSpot articles are. Listen, I'm not a two-trick pony. I have lots and of things have, going on. And how you have good hair. That about sums it up. You can <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Chris Hainer. Uh, you can catch me. I, I would say go to GameSpot, but like, it's really, it's like, there's, that's a big team working on stuff. So go to HainerWords.com. I'm just broad, I'm simulcasting everything there. Uh, and you could see you everything I'm writing, like my review of Cobra Kai. Gentlemen, I don't know if you've watched Cobra Kai, the YouTube Red original. Um, I made a declaration Hi. today to the GameSpot staff that if it is not uh, on the best shows of 2018 list, I quit because <laughs> it's I I I saw the first two a couple weeks ago and reviewed it from that, and I finally got around to what now that and then I had to watch days and days of Netflix screeners for, to prepare for a junket yesterday where I talked to a bunch of casts from a bunch of different shows. Uh, but then today, while I was working, I went ahead and went through the remaining eight episodes of Cobra Kai and it is phenomenal. Like it's it's perfect. It is exactly what it should be and so much better. The episodes are 
Not in they're not an hour. They're not even a Netflix half hour. They are for the most part a broadcast television half hour. They run about 22 minutes, 22 to 25 mm-hmm. minutes, and it's 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 so good. And Billy Zabka's in it, right? Billy Zabka, it, like it's starring Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka. Awesome. It takes, it takes place 35 years after Karate Kid, and like and it plays with the hero and the villain roles in some very cool ways where you you can see both of them as the hero and both of them as the villain as they teach um sort of the next generation of karate kids. What about the Hillary Swank? Nope. Okay. Uh, the ways of Miyagi Do and Cobra Kai. And no joke, I I seriously anybody who's listening to this podcast, watch that show and then Find me after you watch episode nine. Tweet me. Let me know what you think after you watch episode nine because I will put that single episode up against anything that's aired on TV this year. It's incredible. Like the, this show should be terrible. I think we can all agree that like taking the guys from Karate Kid who haven't really gone on to do anything major and giving them their own TV show about Karate Kid 35 years later should be a disaster, and it works on every level. So, yeah, watch Karate Kid or watch Cobra Kai on YouTube Red, and you can watch it for free because YouTube, for some reason, is giving out month-long trials. Ooh. Uh, So just go sign up for your free month-long trial, uh, watch Cobra Kai, and then uh, with the rest of your month, watch, uh, do you want to see a dead body and Ryan Hansen solves crimes on TV and then cancel your free trial. So and then watch, is, and then, then watch Seaside TV's interviews with what? Just my interviews from set visits and stuff and carpet. Oh, do you get, do you have, do you have ad revenue on those? Yes, I do. Oh, yes, guess I do. what? Not on YouTube red. You don't, they uh. disable the ads. Ha ha ha. Uh, but yeah. It's 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 super well done, and I only brought that up because if you go to thehaterwords.com, it, the the featured article is my review, which I was very happy with. Awesome. Uh, and, then, and then follow at uh, Waterworld Photos on Instagram, and remind me to update it because I keep forgetting. All right. I'm Craig Byrne. Uh, you can find me at KSite TV. I tweet about Riverdale at Riverdale TV when I have Riverdale thoughts, like uh, when Betty and Jughead showed up at the Met Gala and Veronica wasn't there, even though she name-dropped it like 60 times during season one. Um, so you yeah, realize that Betty and Jughead are fictional characters, right? You, fictional you know characters. No, yeah, I kind of... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Betty and Jughead are real. So that means Cheryl Blossom really could be my queen. I'd be down for that. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, and obviously after you listen to this podcast, rate and review us and all that good stuff. Russ can tell you more about that now. Yeah, you can rate and review us on iTunes, which Sarah Ritter actually asked us about on Twitter today, where to do that. Um, you can do it on whatever your podcatcher of choice Wait, who? Is. Jason Ritter? Jason Ritter listens to our podcast? No. Our show is canceled. No, Sarah Ritter. Sarah is a regular listener, commenter, tweeter. Oh, okay. Uh, that makes more sense. I thought, I legit thought you said Jason Ritter, and I was like, I don't understand what's happening. Why didn't we lead the episode with this? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin probably listens to this podcast. Oh, I see. I believe it. There. 
but uh, I like I like Sarah Ritter more, anyways. Any, you know. Yes, I agree. But uh, she uh, she was asking about that today. Probably the best place to review us is iTunes because that's where like seventy percent of everybody gets their podcasts. Uh, but you wherever you download it, you should be able to rate and review it. Or leave must- comments. Yeah, exactly. Nice ones. You can leave comments on Podbean. I know I get one, I get about three a month. Uh, but, uh, you should, uh, follow me on Twitter at Russ Burling Game. And from there, you can just find links to all the other crap I do. There's, I, I do a bunch of podcasts. I write for comicbook.com. All those links are in my bio. And, uh, this week I'm going to be, uh, on the panel discussions podcast, which is a comics podcast that I do. Uh, I'm going to be running some audio from my interview with Sean Sipos, who plays Adam Strange on Krypton. So check that out because that should be fun. So awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. And uh if you have thoughts, tweet at us. We are Archie Digest Pod on Twitter. Or you can go follow us on Facebook and that's Archie Digest or Riverdale Podcast. And I think it's Facebook.com slash Archie Digest Podcast. Uh but yeah, I we would love to interact with more people. It seems like every time, you know, we've got a really great audience and every time somebody starts to interact with us, uh they become our friends. And so, they end up on the show like Michelle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh you guys should do that because it's always fun when we get to actually interact with people and uh especially now us, as we're going into the finale. Like yeah, this exactly. Is the time. Hit us with your theories. Who do you think the third God, the third black hood is? <laughs> Claudius Clifford Blossom. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a very good idea. That's a very good idea. If you have some ideas about what's going what the hell is going on in Riverdale next week. Uh, hit us up between now and then. And, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of giveaways on the comics podcast side. So maybe if uh, somebody comes with a, with a cool idea, I will try to remember to uh, to mail them something from something Riverdale-y. There we go. There you go. And we'll right. be back next week to talk about said finale, I'm assuming. And uh, what was the name of the finale point. again? Uh, it's a great question. I have it right here. It is Chapter 35. Brave New World. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, that was the name of the final episode of Heroes. This doesn't bode well. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. All right. Um, Catch you all later. Have a good night. All right, y'all. Good night. Everything's our